0: Hello, welcome to the Arsenal way with the Arsenal not playing this week. We thought we'd do something a bit different. We're here with you with our Team Predictor show and rather than predict the next Arsenal Eleven for the next game. Of course, we've got a little weight on our hands. We're going to talk through Arsenal's starting lineup for the start of next season. What we want to see happen during the summer transfer window, how we want to see Mikel Arteta overhaul his squad, and who, should Alex Lacazette not sign a new contract, will be given the captain's armband. I'm Guy Clark alongside me, Bailey Keo.
1: Bailey, how excited are you to get into this? Yeah, I'm excited to be I'm expecting a big summer. Uh, ahead of next season so I'm expecting a few signings I'm definitely expecting also a big shake up of course a new captain so it's good to predict and it's good to speculate who is going to be in a Arteta's side for next season
0: I think one of the real intriguing things for me is we obviously we have our agenda series and everyone kind of gets involved in that. We do want to know your 11s as well. Do comment away in the the comment box. We will be revisiting this, I'm sure. And we will really take a a lot of enjoyment of seeing who you would want to see in your Arsenal 11. But often we get asked of the, the current 11, what positions need strengthening should Arsenal move into being a real consistent top four challenge? And we've seen it in spades this season, whether we are going to finish in fourth place come the end of the season is still very much up for debate. But equally, what is then needed to push Arsenal further on? And I suppose with the teams we're going to put out, we're going to, we're going to kind of be elaborating on that and saying where we think that the fixes are needed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We shall see. I think we need, there is a few positions that need strengthening. I think, of course, we didn't do anything in a January transfer window. So that mean, that only means that we're going to need extra players in certain positions. And sometimes I think we're going to need more than one player in a certain position as well. It's not just that position strengthening, it's going to have to be multiple signings. So it's going to be a very busy, busy summer for Edu and Arteta, I must say.
0: Right, okay. Let's the suspense has been building. Let's get into the elevens. We'll go with yours first, Bailey. And we have put it on screen for for those listening on the podcast feeder. I'll quickly run through it. We've got Ramsdale in goal, a back four of Lamptey, White, Gabrielle, and Tierney, Kessie and Partey in the midfield, and then Saka. Odegaard and Martinelli in behind Victor Osserman in attack so three new signings in there you said you wanted Arsenal to get busy and they certainly will have to if they're going to bring in those and some high caliber additions as well
1: absolutely I think they're all realistic signings to be honest I think with Lamptey, uh him and Tomoyasu will be interchangeable. I think those two will be competing for the right back position me putting Lamptey there doesn't mean he's going to completely displace Tomoyasu no it just means those two are going to compete closely sorry, for the position. So maybe in smaller games, I remember the Burnley 0-0 game, I think Lamptey would have been perfect for a game like that, just to overload the right-hand side, just to give support to Bakai Saka. But in the big games, maybe away at Anfield, we bring in Tomiyasu just to for some more defensive solidarity. So I think that position there that be those two will be competing for that position. But I think we need to bring in someone like Tariq Lamptey just to offer something different. I like Yasu a lot. However, sometimes I think he is a bit limited with going forward. And I think bringing, bringing in a right-back who can offer more support for Osaka on the right-hand side will definitely be a big helper. And I think, of course, with Cedric, I don't think he's... He can really compete with Yasu. So we would need a right-back regardless. And I think why not get a right-back that can compete with Tomiyasu rather than a right-back that can just shoe, shoehorn in and add to squad depth. So I think lampty was a big acquisition. And with Frank Kezier, Frank Kezier, of course, he's not expensive because he will be on the free transfer at the end of the season. Of course, we got rid of Aubameyang that means we have a huge wage bill and we can give it to players and Kezier could be one of those players we give the wages to. He's recently rejected Barcelona, I believe, due to Months. However, I believe Arsenal could afford that. And if you watch the Arsenal Agenda show, you know how much of a big fan am of Frank Kezier and, uh, of course, Hasimara and Renato Sanchez. But due to the pricing and due to the other positions we need, I'd go for Frank Kezier because he's the cheapest option. Also, I believe him and Thomas Partey would create a dream, dream pivot. They would dominate midfield in the Premier League. I promise you that those two in the midfield dominant straight dominant we saw in the africa cup of nations as well how frank keze and nicola pepe linked up very well so maybe that could give nicola pepe a lease of life if keze does come in so i'll bring in keze and party as a pivot and then of course with touching on figta or seem has always been my dream striker signing i think he's he fits the bill. he's perfect he's got the perfect build he's got the finish to match and he's still young and he's got, still got a lot to learn and i think he really would elevate this Arsenal team. So i definitely have go with Victor Ossimhen as the big striker signing. However, I do think we need two strikers. So I bring in Victor Ossimhen and then maybe a lower striker like Emmanuel Denison who's just really cheap but can get, you know, you can get Premier League goals as well.
0: Yeah, I like the the, the idea of Ossimhen at, at the top of the pitch. I mean, I see what you're saying there. And I suppose, actually, you go with Kessie. It's a free transfer. Mm. Lamptey would probably cost a fair bit. And obviously, yeah. Osterman as well would, would cost a fair bit as well. But I want to delve more into to Frank Kessie because I, I'm not... I have to hold my hands up. I'm not a Serie A viewer. Mm. I've, I've seen very little of him. Um, but he does have a very high profile. And I mean, you mentioned Barcelona. There's a certain team as well across North London who have been linked extensively with him and just wonder if you're kind of tipping Arsenal maybe to repeat a bit of a, a Asu trick of let Spurs butter him up and then all of a sudden Arsenal come in and steal him at the 11th hour
1: oh absolutely I think that would just work perfectly Tomiyasu we saw the success we got from that and then Frank Kezia could get even more success from that from stealing from the hands of Spurs and I think he would be a good signing of course He's in the Syria, R, but bring him to the Premier League, and I'm pretty sure it work. He is, though, I must say, him and Thomas Partey are quite similar sometimes in their style of play. But I think put them together, they would still work. They would still work. I know there's been mention of TLMans. Um, personally, TLMans defensively worries me, so that's why I wouldn't go for him because I'm really worried defensively about him. But Frank Kezia does fill me with more confidence, even though he's better going forwards than he's defending. He still has a solid a solidarity with him in the midfield. So him and party would go really well. And as you said, there's an extra incentive to steal him from Spurs. So why not? And he's on a free.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Without sort of going into to, to my team, I'll talk through it as well. Actually, no. I'll save that point, and I will go through through my team. Let's let's go, go into it. And my team's on screen now. But as I say, for, for those listening, and it's Ramsdale in goal, a back four of Tommy Asu. I've got White slash Saliba. I think it's important we talk about he coming mm-hmm. back to, to Arsenal in the summer. Gabriel Tierney as the left back, and then I've got a, a midfield two of Partey and Ruben Neves from Wolves. And then Saka, Erdegaard and Martinelli area of the pitch. We're, we're completely agreed on the two of us with Isak at the top of the picture. And I mean, neither of us have actually put Emil Smith-Rowe in the side, which I kind of think a couple months ago leading into certainly December and January, I think he probably would have been one of the first names on the team sheet. But it just shows the depth we have gotten. I, I, I suppose talking of that, it's the 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 addition i suppose and it's probably not wrong to say the addition of william saliba we spoke before we we came on air and i know you kind of feel of the same and i yeah. know you had lamptey but my kind of thinking of and naming saliba there is is i was actually quite impressed with ben white over kind of the latter stage of december when tommy Asu first picked up the yeah. injury and white was playing at right back and i actually think between right, Saliba and Tomiassi, you've kind of got that that right-hand side of the defence locked down. I do take your point of maybe you want someone a bit more offensive moving forward, and, and maybe that is somewhere to look. But personally, for me, I think the defence has gone over, gone through such an overhaul in recent times. Actually, you add one body there in Saliba and begin to let it kind of settle down maybe mm. for certainly the first half of next season, and then maybe look to explore, bring in additions. Do you get what I say?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. I think, of course, but he's played on the right-hand side. For Marseille, I believe sometimes he's played three at the back and he's been on the right, right side of the centre-back. So he can definitely play on, play at right-back for sure. And, of course, White and Saliba, I think those two, I think they will be be, be competing strongly next season. I think Gabriel has got the left-hand side of the centre-back now down, left-footed, the lead of the defence. I think he's confirmed. But White and Saliba, I think those two can create a very good competition to see who starts. I think at the start of next season, White will, of course, Take that, take that role but Saliba will get opportunities and maybe in those opportunities he could take an overstep on overstep Ben White but we shall see that'll be an interesting matchup definitely we know Gabriel and Saliba both come from League 1 so they might have a have a connection between themselves already but we shall see we shall see how that goes
0: yeah I've got Partey and as I say Ruben Neves have stuck with a, a Premier yeah. League ready option there in the midfield. We're we're both in agreement there that a central midfield player is going to be needed and and neither of us picking Granit Xhaka. Maybe we'll explore what that might mean. But the reason I've gone with with Neves as opposed to, as I say, I've not really seen much of Frank Kessie. So I don't really know exactly what kind of player he is, but I really want us to buy a a, a deep ball progressor, Somebody who can get, take the ball off the defence. I mean, White and Gabriel are both brilliant at bringing it out, but someone who's going to sit in there and really pull the strings. Now, for me, Whilst I think there is a, a kind of a, a hankering for, for Thomas Partey to, to be unleashed and be a guy who can get around the pitch and play passes, for me, I think he, he's best in the team for his physicality and he's best yeah. at breaking down the play. We yeah. saw it against Man City on New Year's Day when he just bounced around the midfield, just, just winning the ball back was absolutely tigerish in that. And I'd like to then see someone who's maybe got a bit more subtlety about them. I mean, Neves can, can spray balls I mean around the park for fun and you kind of think of that if he plays that inside left channel Saka on the right wing just popping it over the top of a defense I mean for me that would be kind of a a dream scenario of of Mm. seeing that I'd have reservations maybe over him perhaps with the 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 shorter passing game Uh, he does carry a threat though with his long shots as well and uh, I have to say when the, the, the links first emerged last summer regarding Ruben Neves initially I was a bit surprised but actually he's a guy also who's yeah. captain Porto from a young age and I think he adds to kind of that leadership that, that that Arsenal do
1: need yeah absolutely I agree I think I would have went with Ruben neves as well he was very close to my uh he's very close to Frank Kesey to taking that position it's just the the last week the celebrations the digs at Arsenal yeah. I think it's less likely to happen now even though I wouldn't mind it happening still I think it's less likely to happen because you know how how uh, Arteta finds club culture important and the and a strong dressing room, so I don't know if he want to bring that in. I'm not too sure, but Ruben Nevers, as you said, I think he would be excellent alongside Party. As you said, he brings a subtle, subtleness into the side. He's calm. He can get the ball to defence, spray long balls, and he's also great at set pieces, not too much. Also, so he would definitely be a good side. I wouldn't be opposed to signing Ruben Nevers at all. <laughs>
0: What about that midfield then, the wider question of the fact that, that neither of us have Xhaka. We expect Mah- Mohamed Nenny to move on in yeah. the summer as well. Neither of us have laconga there in the team nah. either. But do you think it is just one central midfield player that Arsenal need in the summer? Or actually, do you think it might be might even be two that they need in that time as well. And I suppose even with your choice of, of Kese, do you see that even working as a midfield three of, of Partey maybe being the anchor? And we've seen Erdegaard of kind yeah. of that defensive now, he's shown in in his pressing in particular, actually playing as one of those two eights.
1: Of course, this is why I put Erdegaard in in the first place with um, Kessie and Partey, because Erdegaard just offers more to of I feel like he can control the ball. He can. He's also a player that can receive the ball from deep. And play for us as well. So, Erdogan and Kezier can sometimes switch switch roles. I know against Inter Milan in a recent Milano derby, Kezier played as a number 10. He didn't do too great in that position, but it does show that he can actually play there uh, at times, even though I wouldn't opt for that. But, that's why I would choose Erdogan over over ESR. I think he's just more experienced and more versatile with his style of play, even though I feel, I believe, in a, maybe in a couple of years' time, ESR would absolutely nail down the position. But, yeah, as you said, with Shakar and Neni both leaving, I think you're, you're selling two midfielders, you can't really bring in one when you already needed a midfielder in January. That but that does depend on the situation of Ainsley Maitland Nows, of course. And then Charlie Patino might be a bit mature. He might be ready unless that is unless we decide to loan him out. So I think that, that I think that depends really on what Arteta does with the midfield. If he does give I mean, any a new contract, or if Sambi Lakonga, Maitland Nows and Patino are available, then I wouldn't sign any midfielder. But if Patino goes out on loan, let's say and we sell Ainsley Maitland Nows, then I think it's a necessity to bring in two midfielders. So I'll bring in Kezier and um, maybe someone that's much more cheaper than Kezier. Well, Kessie is on a free transfer, yeah. but so another cheap midfielder as well.
0: No, certainly on the wage bill, cheaper. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. most definitely.
1: I, I suppose like a Lokonga-like signing
0: again, yeah. if you know I mean. You yeah. get Lokonga to, to kind of step up to be maybe that third choice option, albeit he's kind of had to play that this season, but maybe not yeah. always been ready to do that. And uh, yeah, maybe... Uh, bringing a, a, another youngster ready to 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 push through. But we'll have to, to wait and see. As I said, that kind of support line, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, not really a need to, to go into that. And the man I've got leading the line is, is Alexander Isak. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk around him. I personally would have liked to have seen Arsenal go, go and pay the fee for yeah. the release clause, because I think if he's the kind of player at 21, 22, you go and spend even that amount of money on. I get initially maybe there could be a lot of expectation on him and that would maybe hinder him and his development. Equally, we're looking at signing a striker who, in my eyes, in ISAC, would lead the line for the next six to eight years. Oh, yeah. And therefore, if you're paying €90 million, Euros, I mean, you spread That's that a... out over the cost yeah. of, of eight years and you're actually looking at it being a pretty decent signing in the end. I mean, you look at look, look at Liverpool, the, the deal they did for Van Dyke, 75 million looked a lot. Now it looks an absolute bargain for fixing that position. And I think that actually is the way Arteta's built the squad, isn't it? We've seen the defense stabilized. We're starting to see a midfield pattern of kind of that that five-man option in there, albeit as we say, we, we maybe want another in that that double pivot to, to to come in. And the final piece of the jigsaw seems to be the striker. And just how important that's going to be is really going to tell in the summer. And for me, Isak, he's got that relationship with Erdegaard. And I think just another young free spirit there with those kind of guys linking at the top end of the pitch. I mean, yeah, it it would really excite me. Next year, I really want to see more from Bakayo Saka in terms of his goal scoring output. Um, And I feel Isak with that ability to really help link the play. Uh, I know a lot of people have spoke about his lack of goals this season, but I think his link-up play would be absolutely instrumental in even helping the likes of Saka and Martinelli really get into goal-scoring positions.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think I would have paid a release clause for Izak as well This in the January transfer window. As you said, we can get six to eight years out of him. I think that would be worth the transfer fee. I don't think there's a big difference paying it now or in the summer six months later. I don't know what else he could prove in those five months, those short five months. So I think we should have paid it. But again... Arsenal, they have their reasons and they said they wanted to sign a player, they're sure of signing so maybe Arteta has other options but I'll definitely be happy with Izak or Asim both, I'll take both.
0: Yeah, no, we'll have to, to wait and see and then as, as what you were saying uh, regards another striker, I think yeah, a secondary striker is definitely going to be needed and yeah. Been really interested with Flo Balogun in, in his early yeah. stages at Middlesbrough. I mean, he played over the weekend against Derby. They won 4-1 at the Riverside Stadium and he got an assist in that game. But by all accounts, having watched the highlights, absolutely terrorised that mm-hmm. defence. And it just shows the importance. I mean, I, 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 I'd I not watched much of the U team. You hear how much he was absolutely dominating yeah. in the under-23s. But when he played Premier League, he just didn't look ready. But now he's in the Championship. And again, he just looks like an absolute monster at the top end of the pitch.
1: It does make you smile. It really does make you smile because we we worked hard to keep him, didn't we? Of course, teams like Leipzig and almost every other club around Europe are chasing him. But we managed to keep him, get him on a new contract. And it's great to see him proving himself at Middlesbrough. And I think, of course, yeah, in the future, he will definitely be an Arsenal player. I think he'll be a backup striker and hopefully compete for the first team. I just think next season is too soon to have him as the only second striker, simply because it is likely we will be playing in Europe, whether that is the Champions League or Europa League, because the position we're currently in. So he, there'll be a lot of dependence on that second striker. And I think I mean, he still needs to test himself in the Premier League. So maybe as the third striker or maybe coming in sometimes it's the second striker. I think that'll be good for him next season. Is there a chance
0: you see is maybe try and go for maybe a more experienced secondary striker? I'm yeah. kind of thinking if you had a, <clears throat> you had an Isak out and out number one yeah. and then you had Balogun and another, I've not got a name, unfortunately, to, to throw out there. But I mean, I would I would like to see Um, Alexander Lacazette sign and be given a new contract. I mean, it looks looks highly unlikely, but I would love to see that. And then kind of you think in the hierarchy through the course of the season, Lacazette would go in to the season beginning, kind of the number two striker. But then hopefully by the back end of that campaign, Balogun has come up to the same level, if not overtaken him. And if Lacazette were to get a two-year deal, then you've, you've kind of got for two seasons a striking three that that they're really, Lacazette can impart a a lot of wisdom and knowledge onto Um, and maybe hopefully see see Balogun thrive and develop. And and that therefore creates the room in the budget maybe elsewhere for really going big for the likes of Nisa.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think sometimes having too much competition isn't good. But if you bring in an experienced striker who knows his role in the team, knows it will be almost like a Divock Origi at Liverpool. He knows yeah. what it is. He can come in sometimes and just play his role. That would be great. Would for you afternoon. take him? Would you take? Him? I would take. I, I tweeted out on deadline day. I was thinking, why do we not go for Divock Origi? We know he wants to leave. I think it would be an excellent option. He's got Premier League experience. He gets goals. He's clutch. Like you, minimal price. Go for it. Go for it.
0: Yeah, he loves a big occasion as well. Which he does. Yeah. Yeah, be be very interesting. Right, before we go then, as I said, we do want to see your 11s. We will be keeping an eye on the comments section. But before we go, we need to talk the captain's armband. Now, Bailey, I'll put your team back on screen. You've gone with a defender. Who have you gone yeah,
1: with? I've gone with Gabriel Magales. Now, I said Gabriel Magales when... When it was first announced that Obama would be losing his captaincy, I've wanted Gabriel, 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 Gabriel. I think he's the leader of the whole defense. He's the leader. He's even in the dressing room, he's a big influence. I know the big question mark is the language barrier. However, as the months improve, you can see his English is improving on the pitch. He's always communicating. So I don't think that's too much of an issue. And the only reason I, for me it was either Tierney or Gabriel, but the reason I didn't go for Tinny was due to due to his injury issues. Now I don't want a captain that's in and out of the side constantly. I want Gabriel, who's every game he's playing. He, if he doesn't play, that means he's suspended. He, of course, he come on the back of an injury at the end of last season, but I think he's got over those problems now, and he's always available for selection. So I'll go for Gabriel Magalic. I think he's a future Arsenal centre-back. He's still young, but he has the experience. He's focal, he's solid, and he's our best defender. And I think it'd be hard to replace him. So I'd definitely go for Gabriel Magalic, personally.
0: Right. Okay. He he wasn't anywhere near my thinking. I'm just gonna
1: <laughs> a, I mean, the red card against
0: Man City on New Year's yeah. Day. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that rashness. I I I I when you when you message saying Gabriel, I'm not going to lie. It sent a cold shiver down my back. <laughs> thinking back to when Granite Jackal was given the armband under Unai Emery, and you give it to a hothead, and I just don't think it's it's one of those. Yeah, my thinking was between three. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say the other two before who I've say I've, I've given the armband to. I've very, very strongly thought about Aaron Ramsdale. I think he's the goalkeeper for mm. maybe the next decade. Um, and he's just got that personality that he's infectious. Um, he barks out the orders um, but I know a few people, I mean, I'm part of the goalkeepers union, so I'm always yeah. going to lump for them. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I have to say that that maybe we don't want a goalkeeper as the captain. The the other choice I, I nearly gave it to was Martin Erdegaard. He's captain of, of Norway, I believe. Um, he leads the press. He's in a, a very instrumental position on the pitch. I decided in the end not, though. Um, I, I was very close to, to, to giving it to him. Um, but for me, it's Kieran Tierney. Um, yeah. You mentioned the injury record. Um, I don't think this year it's been anywhere near as bad no, as maybe hasn't what we bad. think. Um, and obviously, during a period of time out of the team, he was available. It was just Arteta was was preferring no Tavares for the time being. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's Kieran Tierney, Kieran the Tierney, absolute warrior at the back for Arsenal. Um, I believe maybe in... Was it the Sunderland game in the Cup? Did he play that? Was he given the armband? There was one game where...
1: Lisa, yeah, he got given, yeah.
0: He got yeah. given the armband, didn't he, briefly. Uh, yeah. Might have been a glimpse into the future. But yeah, for me, Kieran Tierney takes the armband. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say vice-captain. Of the team I've got on the on the field there, I would say vice-captain being Martin Erdegaard. But uh, that's certainly the way I'm thinking. That's the way I'm looking at my team. We've seen your team as well, Bailey. We'll have to wait and see how busy Arsenal do get in the transfer window. But from both of us, it's certainly midfield and, and striker that are the, the priority areas, and you would just love to see Tariq Lamptey signed.
1: Ah, oh, dream. dream! I've always said this dream signing. To imagine, imagine, guy, Tariq Lamptey and Bakary Sako on that right hand side. Just imagine the devastation that would cause at the Emirates in games against Burnley and and just the smaller teams. It will create devastation. I'm telling you, it will be. Oh, it will be amazing. It will be amazing. That's my dream signing: Tariq Lamptey and on the right hand side. English fullback, English fullback, English winger, just destroying the right hand side. So that's what I want to see.
0: See, I would have liked it in the summer if we brought in Tammy Abraham. We've signed enough duds from Chelsea that it would have been yeah. nice. We'd got Abraham off them, and then eventually got our way to Tarek Lamptey, yeah, and, <laughs> and then
1: had like, <laughs> so two, cool. two
0: Cobham graduates and. A few Hailenders in there doing the yeah, absolute cool. business. But that's all we've time for on this edition of the Team Predictor. As I say, do drop your 11s in the comment box. We will get to them. And as I say, I'm sure before the season is out. And before the start of next season, we will be revisiting this. But with Arsenal not in action, we just couldn't miss out on picking an Arsenal 11 for the weekend. Do make sure to subscribe to the channel. Tell all your mates about it. You can follow Bailey and myself on Twitter. Our our, uh, handle's going across the bottom of the screen. And, of course, if you are listening on any podcast uh, channel, do make sure to subscribe to The Arsenal Way. And, again, make sure to share it round. But from myself, Guy Clark and Bailey Keogh, thanks for your time and your company. And remember, keep following us down The Arsenal Way.